You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. All right, here we go. On a Saturday morning, 10 to 1, our normal time slot, just on a Saturday. Excited to be here with you, Ryan Edwards, Andrew Mason, Justin Adams, breaking it down. The Broncos win over Washington last night, 29-17, and really, the score doesn't even indicate what really happened in that game. It was a bloodbath. The Broncos came in, they took names, and they won. Excited to be here with you. Andrew Mason on about three and a half hours sleep, but he is a he's a winner. He got, he's gotten it out. Andrew Mason bringing in donuts, man, hooking it up. What up, man? How are you? You should thank my wife, actually. Okay. She was kind enough because she had finished a 24-hour shift mm. at the hospital early this morning, and then on her way back, she picked up some donuts for everybody. Very cool. So, Wait, well, hold up, hold up. A 24-hour shift? That's what they make some doctors do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. you yeah, you think about what we do for a living, which by the way isn't saving lives. I mean, we I'd like to believe we help people, but it's not saving lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it don't get it twisted. What his wife does is saving lives and she does it in 24-hour segments. Oh my lord. Now they give her a room where you can just go and get a few hours sleep, but then all of a sudden you get called back in. Oh, we need you 3:30 in the morning. Mm. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I Thank you to your wife. Thank yes. you to you for making mm-hmm. it in, flying from an East Coast trip overnight. That's too far for a preseason. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's a little ridiculous. And in fact, I think it was John Heath, a blogger, pointed out that until last night, the mm-hmm. Broncos had not won a preseason game in the Eastern time zone since 97, but there were only five games in that span. The most recent Eastern time zone preseason game before last night for the Broncos was 2010. First game of Bless you. Bless you. Salud. <laughs> so, Tivo, yes. Tivo, a- absolutely. All right, so uh, we're going to give Mace a second here to uh, to regroup. Uh, Justin Adams, how are you, man? Oh, doing great, man. It's, it's awesome to to see the guys doing well. And, you know, I will say this and agree with Mace. That was a long trip to go it across was. country. And on a short week. Remember, the Broncos played on Saturday, yep. so that was a short week. And then you have another short week where you go down to Arizona and play a game on Thursday. So, uh, look, you want to get these games out the way. Happy to see that the defense showed up and played well, other than a couple mm-hmm. of runs. And we'll talk about that with these three hours. But overall, very pleased with the performance of the team. Oh, absolutely. You have to be pleased. And they they were working early on with uh, the pass pro look good, the run blocking look good. There's guys that have cemented roster spots yes. that happened last night that that had not done that. There are two guys that we're going to highlight today that cemented roster spots last night that we were not talking about as cemented. We were saying Bubble could potentially win the job if they played well, and that's Andy Janovich and DeMonte Thomas. Oh, 100%. 100%. And I thought the play DeMonte Thomas made in the first uh, first quarter on a trips situation where you brought the tight end over to make it a trips left, um, and it was fourth and three, and the ball was being thrown to Vernon Davis, and the way that he just went to the football and made that tackle just mm-hmm. for a yard short, to me, I was like, there you go right there. Like, you're missing out on Jamal Carter because of his hamstring. Yep. That's your other safety that you need right there. Yep, DeMonte Thomas, Andy Janovich, Sharpie, as of last night, as we in the parlance of Seth Davis and our show, yep. first and 10 of 10, they, they earned roster spots last night, Mace. There's no question in my mind. No doubt about it. When with Andy Janovich, you can look at two of his blocks and say they directly led to touchdowns. 
I think it was Manuel Sanders who said that Jano is the best fullback in the NFL. Did he say love Jano? Said he loved Jano. <laughs> well, you have to say love Jano. Yes. You can't even bring up Andy Janovich anymore without being like love Jano. If we had twenty-two Janos, we would be all right. But, but Diamante Thomas, yeah. if not for Washington going for it on a, and getting it on a fourth down, he has three plays yep. that end drives. Yes. Two plays on third downs and another on fourth and three, stopping one yard short of the line to gain. That's huge. Both guys made the active roster. So yes. if we're starting to look this thing, it's starting to get a little more narrow. It is. There are only a couple positions left in that respect. What's open still? What 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 is open? I, I got one here for you. All right, and you guys can okay. feel free to bring in the ones that you think are open. I think fourth running back still open. Dave Williams in the passing game yes. was really really good last night, and and D'Angelo Henderson had some very good plays. He had a nice little pass and run down the sideline. Nice patience on the run that came right after it. Both guys. What I love to see about that is both guys kind of understood there's really one roster spot open for a running back right now, yeah. and they both played like it last night. They're both going to get tons of run Thursday night. I think that spot's still open, that fourth running back. And if they play well Thursday night, then all of a sudden you start looking and saying, okay, well, we have to cut one, but we may not get him back to the practice squad. Yeah, it's the truth. If they keep playing the way they are. So that that's one for me. Justin, what do you got? No, that's the same one. Actually, I was going to go with that immediately. Oh, I stole it from you. I'm sorry. Well, no, but 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 when I looked at that situation, I, we went into the show yesterday on the pregame show. We literally highlight, highlighted the running backs that said, okay, well, Obviously, you look at D'Angelo Henderson and David Williams. Both of those guys won't even be on the roster. We were thinking that. Now you do have one of those guys on the roster with the performance from last night. And I'll tell you what. I mean, for me, right now, I would say you keep D'Angelo Henderson. And maybe you could hopefully put David Williams on the practice squad. Maybe vice versa. It's one of those situations where you're in a good place. You're in a really, 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 really good place. But... I don't know, man. It's going to be tough. It comes all the way down to Thursday. So it's just really, really tough to see who's going to make it. That might be the most exciting of the battles that we're going to be watching Thursday night. What about wide receiver for just a moment? We've, we've been saying for all along Tim Patrick is the fifth guy. I'm not coming off of that. Made a nice tackle on special teams, mm-hmm. although Philip Lindsay got there first in our yep, bragging maybe. rights mock. But Tim Patrick cleaned it up. That's good to be on Johnny on the spot for you have that. To finish. You got, yeah. <laughs> hey. Hey, Philip hey. Lindsay slowed him down, man. He slowed him down. He slowed down the guy returning, and then it was Tim Patrick that came in was just standing there. But he got down there. Don't I know. We'll get into the bragging rights mock. Actually, if you watch him on kickoffs, he's always like one he of the is. first two people he down is. there. That, so he's on. He, yeah. He's in. And now the question with Tim Patrick is, has he earned a spot on the game day 46 Great point. active roster? And that has a lot to do with plays. Like he's making on kickoff coverage. Right. It does. It has it has a lot to make. Isaiah McKenzie, are we at all concerned about him? I mean, I know that he had a couple of just a fair catch, one run uh, put return for two yards, nothing really special. But no, he didn't. He didn't do a lot, but he didn't fumble. He didn't make mistakes, but he did enough to not change anything for him as far as his trajectory. He'll play Thursday night. Like right, he he. I, I expect him to be involved in the offense. I expect him to be returning punts. I have no no question about that. He's bubbled though. I mean, he's. I got him at six. I got him on right now. Yeah. I have him on right now. But if he's say has a fumble Thursday night, that could change everything. Mm-hmm. A whole, whole lot of things. By the way, uh, looking at the quarterback spot because we talked about what position is still wide open. Mm-hmm. Are we even sure who's the third corner right now? Do I we think have an thir- idea. I think the best idea on third corner is Tremaine Brock. 
I think the big question is beyond that. And it's possible that even the third corner is not on this roster right now. That's what I'm saying. I'll tell you another spot that's not settled. Fourth, fifth inside linebacker. Oh, yeah. I know who you want. I know who you want. Want? What do you mean? I know who you you, you think it should be. Well, I think one of them. I'm reading your mind. Alexander. Johnson. That's right. I'm reading your mind. This is me like Spock style reading your mind. I and you then want you want if Alexander you pick Johnson. A fifth one. Is it Joe Jones, who was very active last night on yes. special teams? Mm-hmm. Zaire Anderson. I think Keyshawn Bieria, if he sticks, it's practice squad. I'd say for those last two spots, if you do go with five inside linebackers, the leaders right now. Look like Alexander Johnson and Joe Jones. Yeah, with okay. Jewel as a third inside backer, and of course Davis and Marshall starting. Is there going to be a point of this season? Um, because we all know Brandon Marshall lost some weight. Will there be a point in the season where there'll be a change from Brandon Marshall to Jewel, to Josie Jewel? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that, the reason why I say that is just because of the way that I've seen in the run game. I mean, Brandon Marshall's getting pushed around a lot. I've seen it a lot in in the last couple of games. He's just getting pushed around. Maybe there's other things that we don't know, but just can you foresee maybe halfway in the season, later on in the season, that there's a change? Not so much change, mm-hmm. but maybe you work Josie Jewell in mm-hmm. for for some more snaps, maybe different uh, packages. Maybe if it's early in the downs, there might be a scenario. If you know it's a, a guaranteed run, for example, maybe if it's third and short, Maybe you throw in Josie Jewell. That might be something. I think it's just going to be end up being a little more matchups. But Josie Jewell, I mean, he he stood out to me in the very first preseason game. Mm-hmm. I thought he didn't have a great second preseason game. I got to go back and watch it again. I watched it this morning in in the sort of condensed version. Uh, but you know, again, he's we talked about it. The instincts. I mean, he's there. As far as I'm concerned, Mace Josie Jewell is going to play. He's going to have a role and. Maybe it's a bit dependent on what's going on with Brandon Marshall, but I ultimately I think it has more to do with Jewel. I think so too. And if you play well enough, they'll find a spot for you. It may come at somebody's expense, but they will find a spot for you. Actually, last night looking at Jewel, he led the Broncos in total tackles. Somebody picked Josie Jewel in our bragging rights mock. Yeah, I think I know who that was. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mace. We went to the judges. You won. Golly, man. Boy, Royce Freeman, man. Hey, I oh, thought I I thought because I had Emmanuel Sanders, and I thought that was going to be enough. I had Emmanuel Sanders, and he would look, for what it's worth, Emmanuel Sanders was the star on offense, besides Case Keenum, by the way, who I, I want to spend a lot of time on in the next oh. segment. What he was doing on offense, the Broncos have not had in a little bit. Well, if you go through the Broncos the last three games, their first team has basically worked the equivalent of a full game. And that means the first team offense has accounted for 28 points Not in bad. 10 possessions, 2.8 points Not bad. per possession. That will get the job done. Last year, the league average for net points, that means like a, a team will lose two for a safety, for example. Last year, net points, the league average was 1.76. Broncos with Case Keenan were 2.8. Also, also averaged more first downs per possession than the league average last year. This is the evidence that Case Keenum can at least make your offense average. Okay. As opposed to last year when it was dreadful. Ooh. But you know what? The pieces that you have around there makes mm-hmm. the offense that's average a lot better. There are powerful pieces all over this offense. But what impressed me the most about Case Keenum, the thing that impressed me the most about Case Keenum is that anticipation, throwing the ball before they even came out of the break over and over and over again. The receivers are also getting used to that, too. So there was the very first one to Emmanuel Sanders where he 
I mean, he didn't have time to turn around and the ball was already on him, and that's going to happen. But you notice how quickly the offense can move with tempo if if they're working like that. Guys, no, hey, th- the ball's coming to you. You better have your head. You better sw- swift that head around, be ready to go. That was unbelievable and impressive to me last night. Here's the interesting thing about the preseason so far with Case Keenum and Emmanuel Sanders. In the first preseason game, Emmanuel Sanders wasn't targeted. In the last two games, he's been targeted 15 times, the most out of any Broncos wide receiver. I'm telling you, if you're doing fantasy football or anything like that, that's the guy that you want on this Broncos offense. Which means he'll be overdrafted in every <laughs> especially locally Broncos fan fantasy. Yeah. Uh, first round pick Emmanuel Sanders. He's good. I just don't know if he's a first round pick. In a yeah. He's going to go early. Draft. Yeah, lo- locally he'll go really really early. Oh yeah. But that I was tend not to draft Broncos in fantasy drafts with I know. Broncos people. Because you know they're going to all go early and yes. like Royce Freeman might be a second rounder here locally. Oh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, I mean he should he should likely be like a third or fourth rounder. I actually think he's going to be, we're doing fantasy for a second, I think he's actually going to be better return on the ADP, but you're right, locally people will be like, Royce Freeman's the truth, and they're going to take him in the second round, maybe even the first round, wouldn't wouldn't be that surprising. I, yeah, I know we're talking uh, quarterbacks, I know we're talking Case Keenum. No, 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 we're talking first team offense. Okay, I cannot, man, I cannot tell you how many times I look back at that touchdown run, and not just because of Royce Freeman. Yeah. The offensive the line, blocking. Any Genovich. The whole play, I was like, "My God, Connor McGovern getting to the second uh, to the second level so quick." He took his man. Great play by McGovern. Started started from the right side. By the way, he washed his man. The linebacker pretty much pushed him from the hole where it was at to the opposite side of the of the formation of the line of scrimmage. That was beautiful blocking. He had a strong game. Oh, oh, McGovern. He gave up the one sack. Yeah. But outside of that, run blocking really strong. The run blocking was really, really strong. Pass blocking early in the game was, I mean, look at the pocket. Keenum had so much time yeah. early on. There was the one pass that he ended up uh, settling to to throw it short. He wanted to go deep, but he's like, dup, 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 dup. And then he, and then he ended up he's just there chucking five it. seconds. Just, yeah. But he climbed the pocket, yeah. Mace. How many times were we screaming at TVs with Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch drifting back, drifting back? Brock Osweiler, even worse at that, drifting back. And all of a sudden, you're watching Case climb, 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 deliver. Mm, and he had time. Yeah. That generally happens, though, when you don't have a right tackle. Like, when you don't believe in your right tackle, you kind of drift back a lot. and You should actually climb into the pocket because you just tell your tackle, just push it to the outside. I'll climb and I'll be fine. But, but some of that is on the player. I mean, Simeon yeah. was sacked three times last night. 11 no. pass plays, three sacks. Well, because you know what Trevor does? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't actually move anybody to help himself out. No. You know, and so you're you're right. If your right tackle is suspect, but then again, you can also help yourself a little bit. That's true. You can help yourself with moving guys around, with moving protections. You can also help yourself with changing the play call a little bit. If you know you're about to get blasted off the right side, make a move, man. Right. That's that's your job. And Case Keenum, and by the way, Swag Kelly does that too. Let's go to Duncan. 303-713-7600. We'll get to the text line in just a minute. Duncan, you're on with Ryan Edwards, Andrew Mason, and Justin Adams. What's going on? So, my question is, is if Paxton Lynch gets cut, does Chad Kelly take over his old number? Mm. Okay, thank you, Duncan. I appreciate that. I don't know, Swag, we saw some six jerseys. You saw some six jerseys in Washington with Kelly on the back. I don't know. Maybe he settles in on six. Yeah, I know he's, he's referencing because that was his number in Ole Miss. Yeah. So, I, I know why you're asking, but what do you think, Mace? I thought it was 10. Oh, no, you're right. It is, it is, is it 10? Yeah. I think you're right. It is 10. Well, I don't. I mean, he's not getting ten. 
he's, he's not he's not taking that away from Emmanuel. No, no. So, and he was uh, eleven at Clemson. Okay. So yeah, what was the? I don't uh, know if he matters. But Ole Miss, well, not Ole Miss, but Eastern Mississippi, the JUCO. What was his number there? I come on, Mace. Come on, we got to figure this out. I don't know. Come I'm, on. Let me see if I can find a photo. <laughs> Looks like he was eleven. Okay, so he's been ten, eleven, and six. Six is fine. Six works. As they said on a Seinfeld episode, six is good. You like six? <laughs> and that's when, that's why it's great to have Mace back here in Denver. Okay, so... But it was awesome. I mean, I'm sitting there doing the radio show with you guys last night, and two people walk by and yeah. Chad Kelly, number six jerseys. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So good. What impressed you about Case Keenum last night? Pocket presence. Mm. Getting everyone set pre-snap. The command of everything around him. He looked like the coolest customer on the field. Okay, more thoughts on the offense for, for just a moment. We saw progress. Mm-hmm. Preseason game one, mm-hmm. two, three. Is that the trajectory you'd like to see them on heading into the first week? Yes, 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 yes. Only thing that was missing from this game was a passing touchdown. That's the only thing You said that you was wanted missing. that. I did want that because it does do something to your psyche when you see the football Complete it to somebody in the end zone. It does something to your psyche. But there were so many great things that I saw in this game that I was like, wow. I mean, even little things. Um, so, for example, the the wheel route to Philip mm, Lindsay. Beautiful. That was set up, though, by Cortland Sutton. And uh, he had a really nice pick route. Now, either it was Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton. I'll, I'll look back at the film. But it was a really good pick route that got the linebacker off his route. And he actually fell to the ground. And that left a wide open pass for Philip Lindsay. I love things like that. The best play to me, though, was on third and 15. And mm. the way that um, the pass was right there to the hands of Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, my God. Like, it was in between two defenders. Yeah. And it was just a laser right there. Yeah, that pass great, to Emmanuel. And then the, the pass down the left side right before the safety came across. Yes. That was deep down the left side. That one was was spectacular, too. Brian Baldinger actually pointed that out this morning on Twitter. But but that one was was actually one of my favorite passes yeah. because again you know that's one of those passes that a bad quarterback might lead the receiver in too much and, and then he gets popped. Yeah, ball doesn't go. It, it, not only does it not get completed, but the receiver gets destroyed and you on lose, the play. You lose Emmanuel Sanders for the first game of the year. Yes, like but, that's that's what happens. But where he put it, the placement on the ball meant that the safety didn't have a play other than just to make sure he couldn't get up and run. That's it. It was, to me, I mean, on, on, a, on a double move, especially on a play like that, and it looks like it was a cover two on that play, when you have a double move, you actually have to release the ball when your wide receiver makes the first move. When he's about to turn into his next move, you got to let that ball go because that safety has the angle to get to the football. So you got to let it go, and he placed it perfectly. He's been doing that a lot lately. Oh, He sure has, over the, the course of offseason the, training camp. The anticipation that he has on his throws, well, that's what a – Good quality professional quarterback can do. That's what it's supposed to look like? Yes. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. So, <laughs> on the first team offense, let's let's get to a little bit of the running backs. Noticed, obviously, Booker, Freeman, Lindsey. Yes, sir. In that order. Uh-huh. And again, I think Royce and uh, Booker, that's still up for grabs as far as who's going to eventually be the starter. Freeman's going to get more touches. That, that, that has been over... For weeks Is it now. possible that Lindsey could take touches from Booker? That's yes. the point. Mace? Yes. There we go. There you go. Where's you the You guys day? are like vibing. Look Boom. at you two. Boom. That's exactly right. Well, we have to kind of work this out now because we don't have a chance to interact as much during the games as we would like. Like, it would be fun sometime to just sit there and watch a game together. Yeah, like Mystery and, Science Theater 3000. And record the commentary. 
we'll get to Paxton in a little bit because he can, he did play last night. Yeah. Wasn't all that bad. Wasn't all that great. I mean, couple of drops. Couple of drops weren't all completely on him. I liked I liked a couple of his dump off, his quick mm-hmm. read stuff to the running backs. Really using the running backs. Yeah. And and good for him because that was something again coming back to last year since we we're doing that a little bit. Pounding the table. Why aren't you using those running backs short those little dump off passes, those uh, safety valve routes. Why aren't you using them? And how many times does that help young young quarterbacks? All the, the time. Yeah. D'Angelo Henderson. Like, I'll, I'll actually read you the targets on his throws. DeAndre White, wide receiver. Then D'Angelo Henderson. Then incomplete to Dave Williams. Then complete to Dave Williams for 15. Then complete to Jordan Leslie. Then incomplete to Mark Chapman. Incomplete to D'Andrew White. Running backs. The running backs. Running, running backs. backs. Yep. Okay, so I want to ask you about Philip Lindsay and Devontae Booker for a moment, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you mention Devontae Booker on Twitter, people lose their freaking minds. They, mm-hmm. they, they want to move on. Mace, explain to people why it's a little premature to move on from Devontae Booker. I think, though, there is an argument that he's fighting for some snaps with Philip Lindsay right now. Because he has a significant tool in his skill set drawer, and that is the ability to make plays out of the backfield. He's got relatively good hands. He had some nice runs last night. Exactly. He can operate in space. The issue for Devontae Booker has been explosive runs. They're just not there. That's why his per carry average is so middling, because he doesn't have that breakaway uh, 30 or 40-yard run. He doesn't have a 20-yard run as a pro. His long plays are in the passing game. Mm -hmm. Now, he's very good at that. And he could, I think, evolve into more of a third down type of back. But the problem is you also have Philip Lindsay. Who's faster. Who's faster and more explosive. Yeah. And knows how to run between the tackles, too. I know it's yeah. different from college hey. to the pro game. But he, but, he, but he's usually in situations where you're spreading things out with targets. You're going three wide, sometimes even four wide. And so all of a sudden the box is a lot emptier and he's mm-hmm. able to exploit that. You know what's interesting? And I looked at the numbers, too, because I thought Booker had a lot more yards than he did. Because some of the runs that I saw, I was like, oh, man, he's really, he's running on a mission today. Three carries, nine yards? That's it? He played 15 snaps last night. Dave, or Lindsay played 14, Dave Williams 14, Henderson 29, and then Royce Freeman played. Uh, well, Booker had a long run. Yeah. It just got called back on a did, hole. He did, he did. He had a, and and it, was he a, did. it was some nice moves. Now, of course, you know it, it got sprung a bit by Freeman the played hole. 11 snaps. Only 11 snaps. But he made him count. You know, he Definitely did, but that's that's kind of what what it is. I mean, when Janovich we... played eight snaps, and, yeah, no. and, and two of count. them were touchdowns. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man that that was it. It's I mean, not he just already probably Jano, it's more Jano, more Jano. If we had more Jano, be we'd be all, all right. right. <laughs> 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 okay, so that that's what's kind of going on with the running backs, wide receivers. We saw. Again, kind of a, a rotation coming in and out. You know Emmanuel Sanders and DT are going to be on the field a lot. DT was involved. He wasn't heavily involved, but I don't look at that as any kind of indication of anything. I think right now you're just seeing a little bit of that chemistry that's developed between Emmanuel and Case, and Case looks to him often. If you're doing timing routes, the best guy to go to is Emmanuel Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just the reality with it. And I mean, we saw this even in camp, just the chemistry that uh, case had with uh, Emmanuel Sanders from from day one that they had. So I'm not, again, concerned because, yeah, Marius Thomas is going to get his touches. Like, he's going to get his touches and be a problem for other teams. But you look at all these, again, just 
how many different guys are on this roster now that you're getting the ball to that that you could just design different concepts for? I mean, it's ridiculous what you have. But, again, this is another reason why you have to have Demarius, though. We go back to it earlier, is that you have a guy in Cortland Sutton that is learning the route tree at a pro level. We all, Obviously, we see he has certain routes down pat, the go route. He is the man on that one. He'll even uh, be able to do a smoke route. But if you play off of him too much, get him the ball quick. Let him yeah. go in space. He's bigger than your cornerback. Let him go to work. But other than that, he doesn't have what Demarius Thomas has where he could do that in cut. He could do an out route. He could do a post. He could do a corner route. Um, he could do a stop route. Like all those different things that you want from a big wide receiver, Demarius Thomas brings to your offense. And for all the people that were uh, tweeting at me about, uh, well, this, this what we're seeing from Cortland Sutton is enough for move on move on from Demarius Thomas. Mm -hmm. I mean, Corlin Sutton's the future. I don't think you have to make that decision now. You already set DT in, in motion. I think a lot of people are reacting to the Mike Florio stuff from yesterday about the his thought about DT. I mean, we could get into that. For, for me, well, first of all, I don't see them trading him to the Patriots because no. that would be insane if you're a team that thinks you can get back to the postseason. Why would you trade him to a team, make them healthier, and put yourself even further behind? That's one part. Uh, secondly... With Demarius Thomas, I think you put it perfect. This allows you the process to bring those guys along. And if you're a team that really does think Case Keenum was the missing piece for this team to get back to the postseason, why would you take one away? Well, you, you didn't have any pieces for the last two years. For the last two years, the only pieces you had on offense were your two wide receivers. That's it. Now you finally have an offense where you have a piece at running back. You have a couple of tight ends. You have a, a four wide receivers who you know can get the ball. Tim Patrick, if, if he's your fifth, he's the guy who could go up and get you a 50-50 ball as well. Like, make those type of things work. I, I love having a bevy of talent. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a bevy of talent. This offense is simpler in a lot of ways, but they're doing more complex things. Last year was a complicated offense, and at times it seemed like they were doing simple stuff. We were calling last year for wheel routes with mm -hmm. the running backs. Jamal Charles, D'Angelo Henderson. You CJ had all these Anderson, receiving backs. Anybody. Wheel route. And then you use Philip Lindsay, and it's run to perfection. That could have been there last year. <laughs> <laughs> Not with Lindsay, but that kind of route. Devontae Booker on a wheel route could be very effective. On the text line here, uh, you're the only ones caring about passing touchdowns. Coming after you, Justin. Here's Doug. Doug always comes after you. I don't See, know why. Doug, Doug, me and you need to talk, brother. Like, you and I, man, we're going to sit down <laughs> and have a conversation. Because here's the thing. I'm telling you, from, from a guy who's, okay, just from personal experience, if you don't get the ball into the end zone as a quarterback, it affects the offense. I'm just telling you from experience. And the other part, too, is you probably want to have him as your fantasy football quarterback. <laughs> so let's just call it what it is. You care about the football being in the end zone, too. You care about oh, passing touchdowns. Careful going after Doug. He's got a pretty sharp tongue. And at me, Doug. All right. Doug, the one thing Doug does point out that, uh, that probably didn't get a lot of run last night, no turnovers. Yes. The uh, the offense. Now, there were, there were some penalties. That's that's something that you want to continue to clean up. It wasn't nearly to the tune of last week. Brian Edwards. Andrew Mason and Justin Adams, a reaction Saturday here on Orange and Blue 760.